Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Omar Project. I'm really excited about today's guest, but before we get started, I want to make sure I invite you to join the OmarProject.com. That's spelled O-M-A-R, because you can get a lot of great insight on project management, the skills you need to up your game, and also learn from the best project managers in the world on the most complex projects. Hey, this is Omar Morales with The Omar Project. Today, I have a really special guest. I have Jacqueline Morales. Jacqueline and I actually know each other uh, through Shell. Jacqueline actually was my previous supervisor, and... I have seen her in action and I'm really excited to ask her some questions that along the way, while I was just sitting there as, as somebody on her team, I've seen how she was able to address very difficult and challenging situations, just like amazing leadership. So we're going we're gonna to dig into that. But before, let's, let me talk to you a little bit about Jacqueline. So you guys have some background on her and her expertise. So Jacqueline is a native of Mexico. She's worked 20 years in the oil and gas industry. She joined Shell 19 years ago as a project engineer, and she served in numerous positions on project engineering and leadership across different units of the business. So upstream, deep water, R&D, and unconventionals, and then also business development. She's led complex subsea and onshore projects in the US and development of new technologies. And I want to break here because I was part of this group. So I understand from a leadership perspective, she's led really truly some of the largest project leadership teams in the world that you could say, because these teams were responsible for building the mega projects, the deep water projects, and she was responsible for the project engineers on these teams. Jacqueline's also passionate about developing others about diversity. She's an advocate for Latinos in the community and was the national president from 2018 to 2020 of Shell's Hispanic Employee Network, an employee resource group with over 1,500 members in the US and Latin America. Jacqueline holds an engineering degree from Universidad Veracruzana, and an MBA from Purdue University. She enjoys training outdoors, watching movies, and spending quality time with her two kids and husband. Jacqueline, I am really excited to have you here, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Omar. Very excited to to join your podcast, and very excited to talk to you and share with others my experiences. Yeah, perfect. So let's get started because I want to paint a picture for the audience of something that I experienced. And it's going to be interesting because this is going to be my perspective of it. And then I'd like Jacqueline to kind of fill in and understand her perspective from the leadership angle that she was coming in. So to kick this off, there was a point in time where the team that we were on at this point, we had multiple leadership changes. The trust in the team was kind of at a very low point. There was a lot of organizational changes happening. The feeling from people was down. The morale was down is what you would say. Anybody that would come into this team would notice morale was pretty low. People just weren't feeling like they were really motivated. There wasn't clear direction. And part of this was much larger than, I think, you know, just the team. I think this was in general a, a big shift in organizational strategy. And, and there was a lot of resistance or friction towards this. And then here comes Jacqueline, um, she gets assigned to be the lead for this team. And I remember sitting in and meeting her. Now, she was from a different city. So she was based in Houston. We were in New Orleans. But she actually came over. And the first thing she does is she starts sharing with us things about her. And I remember she goes on a PowerPoint and she kind of just actually just more of just, hey, this is who I am. 
She talks about how she likes to do certain things. She likes dancing. She likes, she has pictures of her out on Halloween and in her Halloween costume with her husband or her kids. And I'm like, man, like, wow, this is, this is who Jacqueline is. And I, I had never met her. I didn't know her, but I was just very impressed. Cause I was like, wow, like I'm really getting to know her in a very short amount of time. And then that was the meeting. Like it was basically a, Hey, this is who I am. And I remember leaving that meeting thinking like, Hey, I think we have like a really, we have a really good person. That's, that's now in our group. And I was excited. And that to me was the start. And I think that was a very big turning point for turning around that group. And we'll say, cause I can give you the, the back end of that. I think the trust she built up with all the people in that group, the respect that a lot of people had for her, the relationships she was able to mend, the feeling of kind of hope and encouragement and motivation that she was able to bring back. It was really incredible to see just knowing where I was, where I had to go to, and then seeing where other people were and where they ended up. That's my side of the story. That's how I saw it. I'd love to understand. Jacqueline, now you get this new assignment, you're coming in, you see us all moping around and kind of, I guess, not happy campers. How do you tackle this as a leader? How did you go about tackling this? Yes. And I remember I'm, I'm smiling because I remember meeting Omar and I never shared with you, but I prepared a lot to that meeting. First, I understood about the organization and all the history that you guys have gone through. So there has different reorganizations, not always the most effective communication your previous leaders have moved on just because they saw that the ship was sinking. So they just jumped out of the, of the ship. So I, I learned about each of you from others about what your particular personal situation would be. So that was one of the first steps. And then you're pointing on building the trust. I really focused on gaining your trust. And then I reflected, if I come and show myself as a professional, get you know, all these credentials and experience, I don't know if that would have been the best way to build the trust. So I went back to reflecting on how would it help me if I was in your shoes? I always take that approach, thinking about the other person's perspective on any situation. How would I feel? What would I like? And that's how I came out with connecting with the team on a very personal level. So if you remember, I think I left at the very end what was my experience and I left it very generic, right? I mainly talked about myself. I talked about my family. I talked about my background because I do not come from a privileged background. My privilege in many ways, but my, my father owned a, a small body shop in Mexico. So he was, he was a hard worker. And I come from a very humble uh, background. I think it was the first time that I shared that in, in a team. So all I tried to do was to gain your trust and see me as, as a person, not necessarily as, as a boss, to gain your trust and hopefully open up the conversation, that communication with each of you. So you could start to tell me about what were your interests. Each of the team members had a different personal situation, different interests. And opening that communication was key to me. So that's how I approach it. And I, I'm very glad that it worked because I can say that all of the team members opened up the conversation after that meeting. Some I had to work a little bit harder, gained their trust in uh, different ways. But I think that was a key moment for me to show myself, expose myself, if you want to call it, as a person that I am, not as the image that others have of me, but really 
showing my roots and who I was. It sticks with me, that story. And I think just the, the actions there, because it's, it's something that when you're there and you see the change, it's pretty remarkable. And I want to ask, I want to, I want to stay on the subject a little bit more because I think there's so much to learn from you in this area about relationships, culture building, improving team working. From what I have seen, you know, it feels like to me, it comes more natural to you. You know, when there's leaders that this doesn't come natural to where, you know, they're more focused on, they're great at delivery. They're great at execution. They can get things done, but they lack the, maybe it doesn't come as natural when the, on the people side where it, the actual, the recognition of people stopping and pausing to understand them a little bit more, that is more of a challenge because they're very focused on delivery and they're at, great at delivery. Or what would you, I guess, recommend for the balance between that delivery and then also the people side, which I think is something that is so essential in a, in a team? Yeah, Omar. So that's a really, a really good question and something that everyone should reflect on. Sometimes delivery is important because that's what we demonstrate at the workplace. However, you have to think, I'll encourage others to think about uh, reflecting on what helped them to be where they are. Like in, in my case, I normally reconnect my own roots on what helped me throughout my career. And I've been blessed of having uh, supervisors, family, people around me who have helped me too in my career and my, in my life. So I will encourage people to think in that perspective because we don't go to a place, we don't get a position, we don't get the recognition where we are by ourselves. There's usually some circle around us. And this is, it could be at work, it could be your family, it could be your church. And it's, we are community. So people help others to become who they are. So if it's not natural to you or to others to think about people, I will put it as something that they have to constantly think about it. We are not good on everything, right? There are certain skills that we don't, we don't always have, but we can train ourselves. We can train our, our brain to recognize that opportunity. So reflecting back on how you get where you are will help you to think about others around you. That's probably an, an advice that I can give others. It's mm, really good. That is good stuff. I'm sure people are taking notes on this, which is good. Let's jump to some of the roles that you've had. You've kind of touched on this, where it, it takes basically a village to get to where, where you'd like to go or where people may have goals to go. And you, as the leader of the Hispanic Employee Network, I want to paint the picture. I want to make sure people understand this. So Shell, obviously, is, is a major corporation. Their headquarters is in Houston. There's quite a bit of Hispanic employees in the organization itself. If y'all don't know, I was an employee there, and I was actually in that organization. But this is really, I mean, these ERGs are like their own little businesses. They have their own organizations. They have marketing. They have people with communications, events. I mean, it is a enormous production to do the amount of things that happen in these ERGs. But not only are they developing the skill sets of employees, but they're also giving back to the community. And for you, Jacqueline, I think you being the leader of something that is, you know, you being Latina, and then also to know so many Latin people within Shell. It's, a, I think, a very unique opportunity. My curiosity, especially about being Latin in a corporation, any insights from that availability to see so many Latin people in corporations and one working together? Yes, no, certainly that opportunity actually helped me to connect with my Latino community. I've always meant to do it. But with life and the kids running around and work, 
I never had um, really a chance to do it, but being the national president of the Hispanic Employee Network at Shell gave me that opportunity to reconnect on my community needs and knowing how I, how I can help. The working with Latinos is being extremely gratifying, getting to know more about that community, which I belong to. It's been amazing, actually. I can say, and let me pinpoint a few things that I'd like people to be aware of working with Latinos. If you have a Latino in your workplace or in your church or in your community, I'd like to think about what makes that community who, who we are, okay? And one thing is that we are very proud of our traditions. We really love talking about our traditions and we embrace our traditions. We embrace it to the point that makes us very relentless. I don't know if you noticed that the Latino community is extremely relentless. We have it in our genes. Whether we're a first, second, third generation in this country, our genes trace back to a Latin American country where many of those countries are constantly in crisis. So that makes us to be very persistent, make us to be uh, hard workers and very innovative. If you are thinking about solving a problem, well, if you have a Latino in your community or in, in your office, just pull that person in because that person may help you to solve a problem in a very different way that you will probably solve it just because the environment we grew in and the different circumstances that we've been exposed to. Our people's skills are top-notch. So if you're looking for someone to integrate, to talk to others, to build relationships, Latinos are just the perfect person to engage in, in those tasks. We have great sense of humor. We actually make fun of our crisis just because, again, in, in our countries, our native countries, like in my case, you know, we make fun of, of the situations because... We take things uh, lightly. We're great on our people's skills. But I also would like to highlight one thing, and probably this is the, the key point that I like to people to take on, is that we're very humble. We grew up in an environment where we are told that you should respect others. You should not speak when others are, are talking. You should not brag about yourself. And bragging here is just even highlighting your achievements. Yeah, it's not really bragging. It's really about highlighting your achievements and how you did things. We are extremely humble. And because of that, you don't hear sometimes much about how we do things. So I'll definitely encourage people to think about your Latino colleagues and think um, prove more on how they do things and pull them in in those situations where you need more in innovation or you need a better people skills in your team, relentless, right? But also prove on how they do things. Yeah, our achievements are not advertised normally. And that's something that we as a community need to work on because it's not only on what you did, but it's also how you did it. So show curiosity, show your interest to know how they did it and how they will do it. And that takes me to the diversity and inclusion aspect, right? Because it's not only about having the diverse environment, but it's also about including others who think differently than we do and how they do things. So overall, those are the learnings that I got from being the national president on identifying the key skills of our community, Omar. And I applied it um, every day. I passed the baton at the end of last year, but I continue to support my community through different efforts and continue to support the Hispanic Employee Network as well. 
but I continue to have all those skills every time that I interact with someone and promote Latinos. It's something that I just keep highlighting and that's what I'm doing here. That's excellent. And that's such a great story too. And it's being a Latino, everything you say resonates, especially the the humbleness, all the all these things, just something that we get taught and it's part of our culture. It's just how we were raised. It's good, I think, to be in an organization where you see other people and they're struggling with similar things and you're like, oh wait, this not that's not just me. There's other people that are experiencing the same things. I do encourage people if you are you're Latin, getting in some of these ERG programs, getting into a program where you can actually be more with other people like yourself that may have similar challenges just based on how you were raised or what your cultural beliefs are. It's always helpful. I want to jump to something that you're doing now, which is technology. And you're moving into technology for deep water, but you're, you're kind of doing a lot of, I, I would say, I would, let's call it like technology scoping almost. That is a very different skill set than you know, I, I would say executing a project that you know you already have the blueprint for, you have to just go build. What would you say are the, the skill sets for somebody that's interested in technology scoping, kind of developing new things that are coming out into deep water that they, they would need to have in order to be successful in something like that? Because it, it does seem like it's an exciting field. Yes, it's very, very exciting. And I'm going to connect your, your question to one of the key skills that you highlighted at the beginning of the podcast, which is the, um, the leadership and the integration that I normally show when I approach a problem. In my current role, I connect organizations and I connect uh, individuals to needs. So in answering your question, I like to leave people with the understanding that when you are developing technology, when you are innovating, it has to serve a purpose. And that purpose, in case of company, it needs to make money. It needs to generate a return and it has to be linked to a strategy. And the strategy could be a short-term, a long-term, mid-term, you name it. But it's important that we innovate with the mindset that that innovation need to generate something in return, whether it's capital or whether it's production in case of the oil and gas industry or you name it. But it has to be a purpose and it has to be very well linked from the beginning. You can be innovative, right? When you have a purpose, a goal at the end and in your mind while you develop that, um, that technology. So that will be probably something that I'll uh, encourage people to think if they're trying to get into uh, the technology environment. It's not only about uh, learning the technical aspects, but also think about how is this going to help my company? How is this going to help me or it's going to help the industry to move on? That'll be uh, an advice that I'll encourage people to think about. Great. I like. I always like asking our guests this because, especially when we have somebody that has led multiple teams, you know, you have expertise, especially around relationships. Curious to to hear what you have consumed or what content, books, anything that you've read that really has made a big impact on you that you would recommend other readers in any space around leadership, project management, whatever, whatever you think you've gotten something out of. I'm not so much of a, a book reader. I must say, I like magazines. Magazines, I really enjoy them. And one that I'm really um, very interested, normally keep up with is the Harvard uh, Business Review. And I like it because you can appreciate the journey of your leadership skills or your innovation skills or your strategy skills, whatever you are looking to improve. It walks you through different aspects of what 
a good leader should, should be in. And it has adjusted really well. Many magazines have done it, but Harvard uh, Business Review has adjusted really well all their articles to uh, the post-pandemic world. So if you are struggling right now on thinking, how should I do this? And you know, I'm working from home. Like in my case, I continue to be working from home and it may be the case for the next, uh, next few months. How would I remain connected to the outside world somehow and keep up with my leadership skills in a uh, virtual environment? Well, at Harvard uh, Business Review, it's a really good magazine to help you with those skills. It gives you tips on how to do it. It gives you examples and it's really evolving. But all that is just reading, right? And for your consideration. I think at the end, it's always on you. And that's something that I always emphasize on in my career. It's what had made me successful. I think it's being my persistence and my ownership of driving my own career. So the world is evolving, your circumstances are evolving, your company is, the company is evolving, is restructuring. There are so many things outside that are um, of our control, but what is within our control is how we develop ourselves. So you could read any book, any magazine, but it's really about taking the action and you can take just one action at a time. How am I going to keep up with my skills? How am I not going to be left behind for opportunities? How do I continue to market myself in this virtual environment when there is a thousand people competing for a position out there? Well, take one action at a time, embrace change, and identify what you as an individual require in order to continue to be successful. So it's not only the book or the magazine Omar, but it's really putting into, into action. That's what I would like to leave people with. Awesome, Jacqueline. I think that's a great way to end the podcast. I want to I wanna thank you for coming on. And I also want to, I would like for people, if they would want to get in touch with you, is there a way they can get in touch with you or how would they find you? Yes. Yeah. I'm nicknamed Jacqueline Morales. You search for me and I'm um, so you heard it there. I will add her LinkedIn profile to the show notes. You can add her and request her as a network connection. All right, Jacqueline, yes. I want to thank you for the time today on the Omar Project. I think we have a lot to digest here. I have a lot of notes, mental notes that I've taken. So appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Omar, for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. And keep up with the good work. You're doing awesome. And I just love seeing this as part of uh, your growth and your own development. So keep it up. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to hear more, you can join us at theomarproject.com. That's O-M-A-R. We have a lot more information on project management, technical skills, on the leadership, And also, you can hear from more of the top experts in the field.